Mark 4, 35, we're going to start um, in 35 and go down through 41. This is one of the versions of the, the story of Jesus calming the storm. It says there, That day when evening came, he said, and the he is Jesus, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord. We, uh, once again, with having folks in the sanctuary, we have a sermon outline again, so you're welcome to follow along uh, with that. What I want to talk about this morning and in the weeks to come, obviously the storms of life are something that we deal with a lot, and now we're in a particularly big storm in the sense of everything that's going on. So I think it's a good time for us to stop and kind of talk about how we deal with the storms of life as they come along. In your outline, I want to get into some questions in more of the meat of the passage, but before we get to that, I think there's just some interesting uh, little details here that I'm not going to labor uh, on a long time, but uh, in terms of when the storms uh, of life come, and I think it's worth noting um, as we get started. Let's start in verse 35. Verse 35 says, That day when evening came, he said to, the, to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. So the first thing about uh, when storms come, storms often come at inconvenient times. Storms often come at inconvenient times. Notice that it says there, that day when evening came. So they have already had a full day of ministry. They've been out taking care of people. Jesus has been healing. They've been teaching. And then as they come to the end of the day, it's time for them to go and get away. And so they're already exhausted. Everything has already been done for that day. And they're leaving the crowd and they're going. And that's when the storm comes, when evening came and they were already exhausted. And we've all been in situations where the last thing we need is another problem to come up, and yet here comes another storm front end that's threatening to, um, to wear us down. So first of all, storms often come at inconvenient times. The second thing is this. Storms sometimes happen right in the middle of God's will. Storms sometimes happen right in the middle of God's will. Notice again in verse 35 that it says, uh, halfway through the verse, He said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. So who was the one that told them to get into the boat and go across the lake? It was Jesus. And so who was, he obviously knew that storm was going to come up. He wasn't surprised by that. And so they were obeying Jesus when they got into the boat and went where he said for them to go, and yet that led them right into the storm. Now, this isn't true of every storm because some storms come from just living in a fallen world, but there are times when we may be doing exactly what Jesus wants us to do. We may be pursuing his will for our life, and yet doing that leads us right into a storm. Jesus never promised that our life would be easy and he would take away all those difficulties, but sometimes doing God's will leads us into storms. 
Third thing, in verse uh, 36, let's read that. It says there, Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them. The third thing is this, storms even happen to those closest to God. Storms even happen to those closest to God. Notice at verse 36 it says, leaving the crowd behind. And so they had had these multitudes that they were ministering to, they were taking care of all their needs, and now it was just the core people. It was just those that were closest to Jesus that got into the boat, his disciples, and they were heading across the lake. And so even those that were closest to Jesus end up in this storm. And sometimes we think, well, you know, because I'm uh, somebody that comes to church three times a week or because I do this or that, then I'm going to be exempted from the storms that come. But that's not the way it works. Even those that are closest to God sometimes have storms rolling into their life. Now, as we understand that, as we dig down through the rest of this passage, and I don't often do this, but there's a number of details as we go down through where I'm going to refer to some of the Greek in here uh, because it kind of unpacks it a little bit more. But there's a lot as we go down through the rest of this passage that speaks to us about how exactly we deal with storms and how we respond when we come into them. So let's talk about uh, the questions that we want to ask and how this passage gives us the answer. So the first question is this, what did Jesus want them to do? What did Jesus want them to do? And the answer is, take their problem to their father. Take their problem to their father. So let's unpack some options for the disciples. As you look down at verse 40, Jesus is clearly unhappy with them, right? In verse 40 it says, Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you have more faith? Now remember going up to verse 39, the, the waves are coming in, and the disciples wake him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? So that's what they did. And the response from Jesus is not a pleased response, is it? He says in verse 40, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So they were unhappy with the response that uh, Jesus was unhappy with the response that they did. So let's talk about some options. What could they have done? There are four things I think they could have done. Number one, they could have done exactly what they did, which was go wake up Jesus. Was that a good response? Apparently not. Because Jesus here says to them in verse 40, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So going and waking up Jesus was not the right response. That's not what he wanted to have them do. Second idea. It could have also been um, that without fear, with, with confidence, they went and woke Jesus up. Obviously, they went in fear, but they could have instead gone without fear to Jesus and woke him up. But the problem with that is, as you look back up at verse 36, if that was the right response, that leaves some of the other people out because it notes at the end of verse 36, there were also what? Other boats. So those people didn't have Jesus in the ship with them, did they? So even if they went to Jesus without fear, that wasn't the right response because the people in the other boats would have had no recourse. Third idea, they could have just kept bailing. They could have just kept doing as fast as they could to try to get the water out. But notice what it says there in verse 37. It says, A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So it doesn't sound like a situation where they could have just bailed a little bit and everything would have been better. 
fourth option is to pray to their father for help. I think that's what Jesus desired for them to do because he had been teaching them all along, have faith in God, have faith in God, have faith in God. And he wanted them, knowing he was going to be gone soon, in that moment when they were dealing with difficulties, the response he wanted from them was for them to go to their father and ask him for help. And I wonder in our situations when we have storms come up on us and and we so often, I know myself, I try to go fix it myself. I try to find a way to solve the problem. And the invitation that Jesus, the direction that Jesus is giving us here is that when we are facing a problem, what should we do? We should go to our Father for help. We should take our problem to Him and believe that He is going to bring the answer. I believe what Jesus did here in terms of bringing the answer was something the disciples could have done as well. It wasn't that He was the only one that could have prayed that prayer. They just didn't go to the Father and ask for that. And we need to understand whenever we're in a situation where we're facing a storm of life, the first place we need to go is to our Father. Second question is this, how will Jesus respond to our storm? And the answer is he rebuked what created the problem and calmed the troubling circumstances. He rebuked what created the problem and calmed the troubling circumstances. I want you to notice in verse uh, 39, we kind of read that all together, but notice there's two separate things that Jesus does there. It says he got up, so he stands up, and then here's the two things. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Notice he does two things. Now, what's the difference between the wind and the waves? Well, the wind was the cause of the problem, wasn't it? The, the waves were lapping up over the boat because the wind was... <laughs> All right. We'll keep going. Um, the, the wind was creating the problem of the waves, and so Jesus rebuked what caused the problem, and then after that, he calmed the troubling circumstances. And as we deal with our issues, there's both, the, when we're dealing with the storms of life, there are two things going on usually. There's both what causes the problem and there's the circumstances that come about because of that. And it's interesting to me here that Jesus is dealing with both of them. And as we pray, I believe when we're dealing with the storms of life, we can pray both for him to calm our heart in the midst of that, and also ask him to rebuke whatever the thing is that is causing the problem. And so as Jesus does both of those, when we are facing a storm of life, we can go to, to him or go to our Father, as we were just talking about, and ask for him to do both of those. Both calm our hearts in the midst of that, calm the circumstances, and also to rebuke the thing that is causing the storm in the first place. Third thing that we learn from this is how do we respond to our storm? Look at verse 40 and 41 with me. It says there, He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. What we need to do how do we respond to the storm is that we need to, you need to pick your fear. Pick your fear. It's interesting here that the word that the, in the Greek, the idea of being afraid shows up twice. So first of all, in verse 40, he says, or it says, he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? So there's the first fear. The word afraid, the word fear is right there. But then as you go to verse 41, it says, they were terrified. 
which in the Greek literally means, and they feared exceedingly. Actually, it literally means, and they feared a great fear. Now, that was, in verse 41, what? When they were terrified, what were they terrified of? They were overwhelmed by what Jesus had done. And so, the question there is, are we going to be afraid of our storm? Is our fear going to be of the storm, or are we going to have the fear of the Lord instead? He has, what they needed to have there, was a fear of the Lord, to know how powerful Christ was, how powerful God was, and to know that no matter how big the storm, that he could handle that. And within the storms that we face, I think too often we have too much fear of the storm and not enough fear of the Lord, and trusting that he is able to handle it, that he's big enough to watch over us, and therefore we need to have the right kind of fear, and that is the fear of the Lord. Fourth thing is this. What about my, what if my problem, or I'm sorry, the fourth thing is, when did God's power show up? 38 and 39, it says, he got up, rebuked the wind and the way, I'm sorry, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind calmed down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? When did God's power show up? And the answer is, when Jesus was raised. Notice, and you don't, it's not easy to see as you read through there. It says in verse 38, again, we've got to go back to the Greek a little bit. It says uh, in verse 38 in the middle, it says, the disciples woke him. In the Greek, it actually says, and the disciples raised him. And then in verse 39, it says, he got up. And in the Greek, it says, when he was raised. And it's interesting to me, and again, this isn't something that's immediately evident, but when, in the midst of this struggle, when did the, the power show up? When Jesus was what? Raised. And within our lives, the hope that we have for the power of God coming into our lives is not that we're good people. It's not that somehow if we have enough prayer uh, uh, in the right words that somehow we can manufacture something. But instead, our hope is in the reality that Jesus Christ, our Savior, has been raised. And because we serve a risen Savior, because we serve a Lord who has already demonstrated His power over the greatest enemy of all, which is death, we can, as we face storms, no matter how big they are, we can face that with confidence because Jesus Christ has been raised. And when Jesus is raised, we know our storm is going to be under control. And then the last thing, looking down in verse 41, it says there, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. What is God's biggest problem in our storms? And the answer is it's not stopping our storms, but finding our faith. But finding our faith. I want to again refer to the Greek there just for a second. And, and what 41, in what the disciples say, there's an, a word that isn't usually translated over into the English. The disciples say, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. In the Greek, it literally says, who then is this that also the wind and the waves obey him? Who then is this that also the wind and the waves obey him? The word also there, I think, is ironic. Who is this then that also the wind and the waves obey him? Because in the story, who's obeying him? The wind and the waves. Who's not obeying him? The disciples. And so we want to be people to go to what it says there, that when we're in the midst of the storm, 
Not only as God's power comes forth and controls the storm, do we know that the storm is controlled by Christ. Not only do the wind and the waves obey him, but also that in the midst of that, we too are obeying him. We too are giving God what he deserves, and that is our trust and our faith to believe that he is going to come through for us. And so we want to be as obedient as the wind and the waves were, unlike the disciples. We want to believe that Christ can handle our storm. And so as we think about this this morning, whether it has to do with um, the, the storm of life that we're going through and the coronavirus thing, or whether it has to do with other situations that we're dealing with, in the midst of storms, we need to go to God and believe that He is the one that can handle any storm that comes about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that you don't leave us alone in the storms. And Father, in a bunch of ways, this has been a bad couple months. And many of us are struggling. Many of us are finding it difficult to continue to have faith. Father, there are a lot of people that, um, that need to have the belief that you can help them. And Father, I pray this morning that as we remember what Jesus did here in the storm, I pray, Father, that in the midst of our storms, that we would have faith in what Jesus has said here, that we would go to you as our Father, that we would believe that, that he wants, uh, that Jesus wants us to ask you to be with us and to provide what we need in the midst of the storm. And that as we do that, Father, that you would be there. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. And amen.